It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 639 of Accelerate, the podcast of record. I am honored to be joined by my guest for a second time on Accelerate. Joining me today is Jeffrey Lipsius, speaker, international sales trainer, president at Selling to the Point, and author of a book by the same title called Selling to the Point, because the information age demands a new way to sell. And in this episode, we're going to have a conversation about mindfulness as it applies to your sales performance and guiding buyers to make a good decision quickly. But sort of the catch is this is not mindfulness as is the usual sense and that we're accustomed to hearing about in terms of sort of being internally focused, being present in the moment. No, this is, this is about external mindfulness and this is what Jeffrey believes is really the key to understanding how to successfully guide a customer to make a decision. It's a different take on mindfulness and on sales focus. I think it's really important to understand. So make sure you stick around and join us for this conversation. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 639. As always, we provide a breakdown of this and all conversations on Accelerate. Now, I've been mentoring and training sales professionals for years now. And one of the most important elements to career success is aligning yourself with a company that develops its employees values their customers, and has a portfolio of products that can compete with anyone in the market. So that's why, if you're a top performer in your current role and you're looking for a fresh challenge to take your career to the next level, then CenturyLink should be at the top of your list. With its recent acquisition of Level 3, the new CenturyLink is a world leader in providing cloud security, real-time communications, and managed services. So if you want the excitement, challenge, and rewards that come from selling industry-leading services to the enterprise, then visit centurylink.com forward slash accelerate and join their talent community. Once you join the talent community, a member of their team will reach out soon to connect and see if a career at Centurylink is the right step for you. Now, before I talk with Jeffrey, let me remind you that if you haven't signed up already to receive my periodic emails, then I think you're missing out because I save some of my best advice about sales, leadership, marketing, relationships, and character for my subscribers. So visit andypaul.com right now to subscribe. All right, let's get to it. Jeffrey Lipsius, welcome back to Accelerate. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you back. So uh, since the last time you're on the show, I have a standard question I've adopted that I ask all my, my guests uh, first question of the show. And that is, in your opinion, what's, what's the single biggest challenge that's facing sales reps today? I think the single, single biggest challenge is how distracted our customers have become. It's very hard to get their attention because customers are being bombarded these days with so many different conflicting priorities in terms of uh, text messages they're getting and their email inbox is full and, and people are sending Instagrams and all this information that's getting that's demanding their instant attention. And they really don't have a chance to you know, sit back and focus and get some clarity within themselves as far as what they need. And this is very important because if a customer is not clear what their needs are, they're not going to be able to know how your product's features are going to satisfy those needs. So customers that lack clarity, customers that lack a uh, clear objective, uh, customers that are confused because there's so many choices out there, uh, this is a big challenge for salespeople. Well, interestingly, it's... <laughs> I would say the number one answer to that question I've received over asking probably close to 300 
300 guests the question is funny is the number one answer is almost the opposite of that is that salespeople are distracted and and overwhelmed by all the information that's out there so it's it's like you're holding up a mirror to that i mean we and i think that's probably really closer to the truth is that everybody's distracted and okay. thus thus it, it has an impact on the quality of the interactions and conversations well you, you just raised a huge point andy which is that the most common answer you get is salesperson oriented and when you think about it shouldn't it be customer oriented because a really distracted salesperson can still get the sale if the customer is clear and the customer knows what they want a salesperson could give a horrible presentation and still get the sale and still succeed but a salesperson could give a great presentation and be very clear within themselves yet if the customer's confused they're not going to buy yeah, certainly if the customer is lacking clarity on what they're trying to acquire, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Not not too often a horrible salesperson wins with a horrible presentation, but yeah, I guess every dog has their day, I guess, right? So, um, well, I, I can remember instances when I bought from salespeople who I felt really didn't know what they were talking about, but I knew enough about the product to want it anyway. Oh, well, yeah, in that case, sure. <clears throat> yeah. No, but the, the point I'm making, though, is that... Uh, and this is back to what you say is the most common answer you get. The salespeople are a little too self-oriented and they need to be more customer oriented. And by the way, this would take care of the problem of the distracted salesperson. Because if the salesperson gets away from their distractions and focuses on the customer, the salesperson becomes much more clear because when we look as salespeople, when we start focusing on the customer in terms of their decision process and in terms of how they might feel about themselves as decision makers and all the different challenges they go through, it intrigues us. And as we become more intrigued with our customers, we become more focused and more clear within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I agree. I agree. Well, so you had written a book uh, that we spoke about on your last last time you were on show on episode 233. If people want to go back and listen to that, a book called Selling to the Point, which was about mindfulness and sales. And it's funny. we I, It seemed like there was more talk about mindfulness last year than there was, or let's say 2016, there was 2017. Um, you know, is that... Something like the moment served past, because I, I think it's hugely valuable for people in general, not just salespeople. Um, yeah. yeah, are you sensing that that you know some momentum sort of fell out behind mindfulness and but we're gonna we're gonna carry through because I I said it's a topic that I'm very interested in. I haven't noticed it. It it seems to be accelerating from what I can see. Good more and more interest in, and it's getting uh, more mainstream. But w- what I focus on is mindfulness applied to performance. And a lot of mindfulness people are talking about mindfulness in terms of you know, feeling more relaxed and uh, feeling more centered and you get less employee absenteeism and you have uh, better teamwork. But I'm talking about mindfulness applied 
for your sales numbers, you know, applying mindfulness so that you actually meet your quota, which is a different way of applying mindfulness, which uses a different set of principles than mindfulness to be able to calm down. Yeah, as opposed to meditation, this is how do you use it to enhance performance? Yes, exactly. So what's the difference between the two? Let's dig into that. Okay. Well, mindfulness, when it comes to performance, has to do with the goal being the performance rather than the goal being how you feel. So when you're using mindfulness to calm down, to have less stress, to feel more centered, the focus is on you and what's going on inside of you. But when you focus mindfulness so that you want to make your number for the next quarter, your focus needs to be on the goal rather than on you. And for salespeople, that goal is your customer's decision-making. Like salespeople are in the decision business. Our livelihood is based upon the decision-making of others. And if we can help people make lots of decisions, then we, we are in more commission. So this, as mindful salespeople, we need to focus on the customer's buying process and our customers. And that's the difference. Well, all right. I, well, make that more clear for me because I think that, that you know, I can look through a customer buying process or a sales process, and there are moments in there, key moments, where you think of the first definition of mindfulness we're talking about, which is controlling your emotions, where yeah, you know, the mindfulness would be applied. I mean, employed. You get ready for a big call, big presentation. You know, nervous. You're stressed. You need to be able to control your emotions in order to perform at at your peak. Is that different than than what you're talking about in terms of aiding performance? Yes, it is. Because the mindfulness you're describing to be able to notice what's going on inside of you and to be more calm. When you're in the middle of a conversation, that's going to be distracting. <laughs> you're you're focused on yourself when really the customer is in the middle of relating something to you that might be very important to hear. So to be able to focus on the customer is going to make you more aware. You see, when you're talking about mindfulness, of course, there's inner and there's outer. So what's going on on the outside is one thing. And with mindfulness, what's going on the inside as far as your internal state, that's, that's a different level. That's the internal level. And with mindfulness, you're, you're dealing more internally. But when you're a salesperson and you want to be making your numbers, internal is learning. And external is selling. Well, let me, let me describe that a little bit. Sure. Because you're talking to a customer, and the customer is going through a decision process, and your customer has priorities and beliefs and attitudes and objectives, and they've heard pitches from salespeople in your category before. And these are all important things for us to be able to hear. So 
we know how to present something that's going to be interesting. Okay. Now, selling our selling the pitch that we prepared before we got into the conversation with the customer. That's external because whatever we say is external to the customer. And learning is internal. From what the customer says, we're able to learn. And by learning, we're able to respond. Now, if you look up the term appropriate response, you'll get schools of Buddhism. Because there's an old Buddhist story that students learn, which is that a student came to his master's dying bed, who, and this master was a famous Buddhist priest who said, the greatest thing I learned from my Buddhist path was an appropriate response. And if you Google that term, you'll see Buddhism, because what happens is the internal clarity we have makes us better observers. Since we're better observers, we become better learners. And if we're better learners, we become better performers. Want me to go over that again? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, just absorbing it. So, so that's the internal mindfulness. Yes, it's learning. It's right. observing. When you're clear, you're a better observer, which makes you a better learner, which makes you a better performer. But the process of being clear, that first step, mm -hmm. so what's involved with that? Focusing on the customer and being intrigued. The more intrigued you are with their decision process, the more focused and the more clear you're going to be. The customer is the mantra for salespeople. Because the goal of selling is buying. So a salesperson who has very good goal clarity is going to be focused on buying rather than selling. You see, if a salesperson is insecure and has self-doubts going in inside of themselves. Right. Okay. They're, they're going to be distracted from listening and hearing the customer, and then they won't be able to respond as well. Mm -hmm. So if I tell the salesperson, let, let's say, say I go inner. Okay. Let's say I do the regular mind. If I talk to a mindfulness instructor and say that I help salespeople be more successful through mindfulness, what would you do? They would say, oh, I would tell the salesperson to relax and be more confident. That's not going to work because the salesperson will just start thinking if they're relaxed enough. Maybe I don't relax enough. Maybe I'm, it's my self-doubt. And, but I don't know if I can get more confident. And they start doubting their doubt. You see, if you go inside the salesperson's and start working on their state of mind, rather than having the salesperson focus on their customer's state of mind, okay. you don't get their performance. 
Okay, I, I don't want to get too go too far down the rabbit hole on that, but it it seems like at some point that the starting point is though that for the salesperson to be clear, in order to focus, you know, to eliminate some of the self doubts um, that exist, is they sort of need to have some sort of step to empty themselves of those self doubts, right? Yes, use the customer as your mantra. Focus on the customer. Focus on the customer's decision process. I, I actually have a few things about the customer for salespeople to focus on. Sure. Such as uh, the customer's uh, internal clarity. Does the customer know their goals? Listen and see how clear they are about what they really want. Are they in touch with their needs? Uh, I tell salespeople, you want to see how confident the customer is. Not the customer's confidence in you but the customer's self-confidence in their ability to make a good decision. Does the customer have self-doubts? Did they screw up last time they tried to make a decision? And is this affecting what they're listening to now? Does the customer have self-limiting beliefs? Is there some self-limiting belief or assumption that's keeping the customer stuck, not really seeing the range of options that are at their disposal. These are things about the customer that the salesperson can focus on. And when the salesperson gets really intrigued and really focused on the aspects of the customer's decision process, the salesperson's mind inadvertently clear without me ever having to go into the subject of or what's going on with you. Let, let me let me give you an example. Yeah, I mean, it's like a it's it's like yeah. a, a distraction or or misdirection, right? It's if I can keep you focused on this, you're not focused on this other thing that's negative. Oh, sure. Exactly. Uh, there's a term for a type of decision that customers make that's so clear and so simple and so effortless. It's called a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Sure. We've okay. all heard that, right? Okay. But the point I'm making is that the term no-brainer, which is great. I mean, salespeople would love customers to think uh, the decision to buy their product is a no-brainer. And customers love no-brainer decisions too. But the point I'm making is that the term no-brainer refers to the customer's state of mind, not the salesperson's state of mind. Because what you could say is, Customers are looking for inner peace in the decisions they make. Customers want to make, want to feel good about the decisions they're making. And salespeople can help with that, with, you know, the different principles that are in my book. But what I want to do is turn salespeople's focus around from being self-focused to being customer-focused so they can help buying, be more successful, be more observant, be less distracted, be better learners, and as a result, be better performers. Well, I think, in my mind, the the sources of stress for salespeople when they're going to meet a customer mm-hmm. is, you know, two or threefold. One is... is uh, yeah, meeting this person who's has the power to say yes or no to something, so it's it's important to me. Therefore, you know, there's something at stake, so I'm a little nervous of the fact that something is at stake. 
to sort of parallel to that is I want to appear credible to this person because you know any sort of outcome depends on on me being an expert or you know having some sort of credibility and third is just sort of again they all sort of tie at some point but third is just sort of am I likable right so am I am I going to be able to just connect with them at at some level that will emerge in a you know working relationship that can lead to tr- an element of trust and therefore they might ultimately want to buy from me so it's I mean, those those also exist almost in every case, I think. I mean, it's very few people. Obviously, you get more experience, you become less nervous about certain aspects of it. Yes. But but those are sort of the sources of stress. So, yes. you know, just trying to think how, how you know, you can lose, sort of lose yourself in the customer, but it's just at some point that you have to mitigate those, those feelings in yourself. Well, let me answer that. Sure. <laughs> okay. The... That's why you're here. Yeah. Okay. When the salesperson is approaching a uh, presentation and they're nervous, which is fine, but the salesperson, as you're saying, is going to be affected by the ultimate decision that the customer makes. Now, the salesperson has no idea how it's going to go because nobody has a crystal ball. So they're projecting worst case scenario or just being nervous because they're projecting out in the future of an event that didn't happen yet and somehow they're thinking about scenarios that might not be so good Mm -hmm. but it's not a problem yet because it's not the present moment nothing bad has happened it's just the salesperson's approaching this a bit on the nervous side okay as long as the salesperson doesn't get distracted when the presentation actually happens. And you're saying the salesperson needs to sound credible. And maybe a salesperson's nervous that they won't sound so credible. Well, yeah, that's the point, right? But here's how I coach salespeople. I say the real issue is more about the customer's self-trust than their trust of you. Because if the customer doesn't trust themselves, then they won't trust themselves to decide if they can trust you. You can be the most trustworthy person, but if the customer has self-doubts within themselves about their ability to make a good decision, then they can't decide if they're going to trust you or not. So you really need to focus on the salesperson's I mean, the customer's self-confidence. How do you address that? Well, you work with the customer on ways that they can determine they're making a good decision. What evidence do you have? How would you be able to measure this? What are the goals? Uh, And get the customer a little bit more confident. It's it's actually coaching. What you're doing is you're, you're being your customer's decision coach. And any coach needs to instill confidence in their coachee. And it's not the coachee's confidence in the coach. (laughs) The coachee, the the coach needs to instill the customer's or the coachee's self-confidence. And that's the point I'm making. And the other thing you brought up 
was being likable. Now, I said early in the show, I can recall instances where I bought products from salespeople I didn't particularly like. As a matter of fact, there's times I can remember I liked one salesperson better, but I bought the other product because it was just a better product. Customers typically make decisions that are going to be in their best interest, not because they liked their salesperson so much. And what I would say to salespeople is like, just let a customer have any opinion of you that they choose. <laughs> that is going to make the customer, that's going to make you more likable if you just allow the customer to have any opinion you want without trying to control it or influence it. Because whether it's a good product for the customer or not has nothing to do with whether you're a nice guy. You could present a great product. You could be uh, a nasty person presenting a good product to the customer, and you could be a nice guy presenting a good product to the customer. It's, it's really not that important. But for the customer to like themselves, ah, once again, getting back to the customer's internal state of mind, because if the customer isn't doesn't like themselves, if the customer isn't willing to indulge themselves and give them something that they need because they have some self-limiting belief that they need to suffer or they don't deserve a vacation or if you're a travel agent trying to sell a nice vacation but the customer doesn't want to indulge themselves because they have a self-limiting belief, now that's an issue. And as a salesperson, you want to deal with that and expand the customer's range of choices. But it doesn't have to do with you, the salesperson. Let me put it this way. Every sale involves two conversations, not just one. Everybody's focused on conversation A. Conversation A is the conversation between the salesperson and the customer. It's external from the customer standpoint. Conversation B is the internal buying conversation going on between your customer's ears that the salesperson doesn't hear. And it's conversation B that determines the salesperson's success because a salesperson doesn't get commission unless the customer decides that salesperson is going to get commission. So I'm constantly trying to get salespeople's focus on conversation B that internal buying conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, you know, a very interesting perspective. Um, yeah. You, you know, when traditional sales training has a term, if I cracked open a book from one of these uh, undergraduate sales leadership courses uh, teaching about selling, and they do have a term for the customer's internal decision process. It's called the black box. That's the literal term for it. It's mm -hmm. called the black box. And what they say is, oh, you say whatever you prepared to say. The customer hears it, and it goes through their decision process, which is a total mystery. And then they spit out an answer. Well, what I'm saying is that it's not such a mystery. When you listen and you learn and you ask questions to find out what's going on, on inside the customer, you can discover what's going on with that black box, and that's your priority. 
Because in the end, it's that internal conversation that decides your success or not. So you, you should really be focused on it. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because it's it's sort of certainly counterintuitive in many yes. respects. Because from the perspective of a salesperson, is I mean, you literally can only sort of control what you can control, right? Well, you, can't, mean, you, you can't control it at all. Yeah, you can't control that conversation within the buyer's head because you a you're not present. B you can't understand what's going on. You don't. I mean. You have yeah. limit, limited ability to really truly understand what's what's inside another person. I mean, that's my point. That's my point. That's why traditional sales training has ignored the internal buying conversation and just written it off as the customer's black box. You don't know because traditional sales training is not comfortable covering territory that is not within the salesperson's control. But I'm saying, control it or not. It's going to determine your destiny. So you'd better learn what's going on and be able to influence it in a positive way. You can't control it, but you can influence it. First thing by learning, you learn by asking questions and finding out. That's why I said in the very beginning, you want to see your customer's social stream, their Twitter, their LinkedIn, learn about them. And the second thing is to be able to influence that internal process on its own terms. You can't influence it on your terms, but you can influence it on its own terms. And you have to learn what that is. And it's going to be different for each customer. And you better be listening and you better be very aware. And that's where mindfulness comes in. Got it. Yeah, no, I, this is, as I said, very fascinating. I'm, I'm, it's gonna, I'll be thinking about this long after we stop, stop, okay. <laughs> stop talking because it's – um, I'll tell you something else that's counterintuitive. Sure. My book is in the form of a fiction novel. It's a story. With mm-hmm. a right. Right. Okay. All right. And the, the re oh, okay. The reason I did that was because I want to show salespeople how learning is through conversation. So I don't teach the principles, but they emerge from dialogues between the characters. And I, it's very counterintuitive because nobody else has written a sales training book in the form of a story. But I want to show salespeople that conversation is your learning medium. And this is how you gather information during the course of conversations mm-hmm. with customers. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I said I'd read it uh, before our last our last interview and, and do recommend people, people get it. Because, yeah, one thing's with... Yeah, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I just want to summarize. One thing things I find fascinating about what you're talking about is that, yeah, you know, a, a sales, a sale or a purchase decision, yeah, whichever perspective you want to have on it, is the result of interactions between two exceedingly complex, two or more exceedingly complex beings that mm-hmm. uh, the other can't ever fully know. Yes. And and so, if you're in sales and and your desire is to to learn more about how you can become more effective and more productive, is you have to you have to explore things like what Jeffrey is talking about today. Read his book. I mean, it's a completely different perspective than you're going to see in many other cases. And and you have to sort of understand this because as you do, and you're focusing really on let's say on the buyer's perspective of things is 
yeah, there's just, just this complexity. <laughs> and we have to be acknowledge the fact that it's very complex. And we have to have a perspective of trying to understand as much as we can about the other party in this, as well as in how what we're saying influences them, affects them, and how their actions can influence and affect us. And if and if we sort of step outside ourselves more than than just sort of, yeah, we've got this technique we use, and I say the same thing every time, blah, 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 blah. Then, yeah, then the window opens up on opportunities that you really didn't have before. Exactly. So I'll give you a, an example. that We talked about the black box, that mysterious buying process inside the customer. Okay, salespeople don't know what's going on inside that black box conversation, the customer's decision process. Who is that more of a problem for that the black box is a mystery, the salesperson or the customer? Now, most people say it's a problem for the salesperson, but I would say no, because it's very natural for a salesperson not to know what their customer is thinking. Yeah, it's, that's the, it's the way of the world, right? Right. So what if the black box is a mystery to your customer? What if the black box, what if the customer is confused? What if the customer is distracted? What if the customer doesn't know what they want? If the black box is a mystery to your customer, that's a real problem for the salesperson. See, it's turning it around to the customer's state of mind and how salespeople can coach customers to be better decision makers. Then customers feel that you're on their team because after all, why does a customer want to talk to a salesperson? Well, the customer wants to talk to a salesperson if they believe that salesperson's going to help them make a better decision. So if the salesperson is also shares that goal, you have a team. You're working together. And this really builds rapport. Yeah, I mean, I'd qualify that by saying that I think that, that customers want to talk with people that help them make a decision. I, yes. I don't know that I would say that help them make a better decision. I think it's just to help them make a decision. I mean, I don't think that that people have in mind, you know, sort of bad, bad, medium, bad, bad medium and better decisions. I think that it's, you know, hey, we have an objective to, you know, find a system that will help us, you know, achieve this objective in our business. And, you know, I, I think people make good enough decisions on the most part. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that customers want to make the best decision they can. Yeah, well, I think that is the same as saying they won't make good enough decisions. <laughs> um, all right, well, good. Well, Jeffrey, unfortunately, we're running out of time here today. So, uh, as always, pleasure to talk to you. So, tell people a little bit how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Yes, well, my website is sellingtothepoint.com, and my book is available on Amazon. It's also called Selling to the Point. Uh, you can reach me at jeff at Jeff at uh, sellingtothepoint.com or my name, Jeffrey Lipsius at gmail.com. Excellent. And I'd love to talk to people. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. So, uh, yes, anybody who hears this who wants to talk to me more about this, I'd be glad to uh, follow up with you. Great. Good. Well, I urge people to do that. So, again, thank you, Jeffrey, for joining us today. And that was fun. Yeah, it was. And we'll do it again. Friends, thank you for spending this time with us today. Uh, make sure you come back and join us for our next episode of Accelerate. Uh, until then, if you have a chance, really appreciate it. Go to iTunes, so wherever you listen to this podcast, subscribe, leave us a comment, a little review. We want to hear what you have to say. So, again, thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. 